Hello, Kinderlech, Shalom Aleichem. I'd like to tell you an amazing story with the Baal Shem Tov. This story, the Alter Rebbe himself heard, half of the story he heard from a student of the Baal Shem Tov. His name was Reb Moshe Meshel. And the other half of the story he heard from the Magid, his Rebbe, the Mezritcha Magid. So the story is really made out of two stories. Today I'm going to tell you one of the two stories. This story the Alter Rebbe heard from the student of the Baal Shem Tov, but he told it to the Tzemach Tzedek. Tzemach Tzedek told it to his son, the Rebbe Marash. Marash told it to his son, the Rebbe Rashab, and to the Rebbe Rashab's brother, the other son of the Rebbe Marash, the Razo, Rebbe Zalman Aaron. And this is one of the stories that he told them. And the story goes like this. In the year Tov Kuf Yutes. You know how many years that is? How many years ago? It's 263 years ago. The Baal Shem Tov sent one of his younger students, Reb Moshe Meshel from the village of Bezenke. Reb Moshe Meshel came from a small village, Bezenke. Became one of the younger Talmidim of the Baal Shem Tov. And he made him a shliach, a messenger, to bring a letter to his student, the Baal Shem Tov student, the great Goan, Reb Chaim HaKoyen Rappaport. Reb Chaim HaKoyen Rappaport was a great Goan, a great Talmud Chochem, and he was the Rav of Lvov. Lvov is a very big city. And this Reb Chaim was a chassid of the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov sent a special, a special letter to him with a mission, with a message. He didn't tell to Rabbi Shemeshel what the message was, he just told him, here is a letter, I want you to go travel to Lvov and give it to my chassid and my Talmud, Rabbi Chaim Rappaport. What the letter said, really, we will tell you another time, not today. Because the story involves another shlichus. The Washington Center of Meshel to Lavov with a letter to another person, a person that nobody knew who he was. He was a, looked like a simple person. Nobody paid attention to him. His name was Reb Chaim Yisrael the Potter. A potter means that somebody who makes pottery. His business, his job was to make pottery from clay, and he would sell that. And he looked like a simple person who didn't know much how to learn. He hung out with the simple people in the city of Lvov, and nobody thought there was anything special, but really he was one of the hidden tzaddikim who were very close to the Baal Shem Tov. So there were two letters. One letter Reb Moshe Meshel was supposed to deliver to the Reb Chaim Akun Rappaport, the Rav of the city, and a completely separate letter the Moshant of Sandra Moshe Meshel to tell him to, to go, told him to go to the house of this guy, Chaim Yisrael, the potter, and give him the letter which is for him, for Rabbi Chaim Yisrael. Moshant also told Rabbi Moshe Meshel, when you go to the house of this Chaim Yisrael, nobody's going to know who he is because he's, he doesn't seem like an important person, but you will find him. When you give him the letter, don't talk to him about anything. Just give him the letter and go away. Don't say a word to him. 
You're not supposed to have any conversation with him. So Rabbi Meshel left and arrived in Lvov on a Thursday afternoon. No, he had two letters to deliver, one to the Rav Rabchaim Akein Rappaport, and one to Rabchaim Yisrael, the potter. So first he went to the Rav, of course. So he went to the Rav. The Rav, usually during the day, was in his Bezden Shtibel. Bezden Shtibel is the house where the Rav sits during the day with his Dayonim, the judges, and they, they, they take care of all kinds of things the community needs. So he went straight to the Bezden Shtibel of Abchaim Akarin Rappaport. And when he arrived there, he saw that the Rav was very busy. He was busy with a very important gathering of people in the community. And the people told him, you can't go in now to the Rav because he's very busy. I said, yo, but I have a shlichus for him, a special mission that I need to deliver to him. They said, listen, are you crazy? Do you know what's going on? You didn't hear what's going on? We have a terrible story here. We have a terrible thing happening. The Archbishop, the Archbishop is like the main Galach, the most uh, important Galach in the whole area. His name is Archbishop Mikolsky. He made a decree, a rule, a gzera against the Jews. He's, he didn't like the fact that the Jewish people say the prayer of Aleinu Leshabeach. You guys know what Aleinu Leshabeach says? In Aleinu Leshabeach, we thank Hashem for being for Hashem giving us the schos to be able to serve Him and to believe in one God, in Hashem. And then we say, and we're so lucky that He didn't let us be like the Goyim who worship stupid idols. Right? Some people even spit when we say, right? They bow down. All these idol worshippers, they bow down to Avedazara and we spit, right? And, and then we say, but we, we serve Hashem. We bow to Hashem only. So we're so lucky and we're happy. We thank Hashem for giving us the special schos. So Mikolsky, this Galach, he knew that the Jews are saying this tefillah. He found that. He says, ah, they're mocking us. These Jews, they're saying a prayer that we're stupid and, and they're so lucky they're not like us. We need to tear out that page from the sitter. No Jew should ever be able to say such a tefillah, such a prayer in their shul. And so he made a decree that for one week, during that week, all the sidurim have to be brought to the church, to the galach, and they're going to tear out the page of Aleinu L'Shabayah. From now on, no one is allowed to say that filah. Now, do you know who wrote Aleinu L'Shabayah? Who is the one who wrote Aleinu L'Shabayah? Well, Aleinu L'Shabayah was written by Yehoshua bin Nun. Yehoshua bin Nun was the leader after Moshe Rabbeinu, and he made a war in Eretz Yisrael, he conquered Eretz Yisrael and brought the Jewish people into the land. When did he say Oleinu Lishabach? You know when? You know, if you read in Tanakh, in the Sefer Yeshua, Yeshua conquered many cities in Eretz Yisrael. One of the cities that he conquered is called the city of Yerichoi. Yerichoi was a very difficult city to conquer because they had seven walls. You know, people used to make walls around the city to protect the city from an army that wants to conquer it. 
So Yerichoi, they had seven walls, one around each other. So it was very hard to get into the city because you had to break seven walls. It's not easy. But what did Yeshua do? You think he went and started breaking the walls with hammers and, and chopped down the walls? Of course, it would be impossible. So what did Yeshua do? He and his army, they went around the city. They walked around. They made seven hakafas like we do on Simchas Teira. We do hakafas, seven hakafas. He did seven hakafas around the walls and they blew the shofar while they went around the walls, just walking around, didn't do anything physical. They just walked around the walls and sang Oleinu L'Shabeach, praising Hashem that He made us different than the Goyim, that we, 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 can, we know the truth, we know the emes, that Hashem is the only God that created the heaven and the earth and all these stupid idols are meaningless and we're so lucky that we don't believe what they believe. And he kept singing that seven times. And each time he went around to the city, one of the walls by itself, by a nest, just collapsed. In fact, the Gemara says it didn't just collapse. Like, you know, when a building collapses, all the rubble falls all over the floor. It actually did not collapse in that way. It just sank as it is, a whole full wall, the wall didn't break down. The wall stayed the way it is. It remained the wall. It just started going down into the ground. And this he did seven times, singing Aleinu L'Shabeach. And every time another wall just slowly started going down, slowly into the ground, and is buried deep into the ground. And in fact, I was in Eretz Yisrael, and they were digging right around Yericho, and they found a wall right in the ground that was not broken. It was completely whole. It just sunk in the ground. So this is the story of Alina Shabeach. But the, this uh, Galach, Mikolsky, he didn't like it. He didn't like the Jews. They're mocking the Goyim. They're laughing at them. They're saying, oh, they're better than the Goyim. He said, we got to break it down. So that's why the Rav, Reb Chaim Rappaport, was so busy with a big meeting, what should we do? What should we do? We, we, we can't, you know, uh, tear out from the Siddur This is a special tefillah. So, Rebbe Moshe Meshel saw that he can't see the Rav, he can't give him the letter of the Baal Shem Tov, so he decided to go to his other mission. What was his other shlichus? His other shlichus was to go to this Chaim Yisrael, the potter, which nobody really knew who he was. He seemed like a very simple person. And go bring him another letter, a letter which Moshe wrote for him. He went to the house. He knocked on the door. This guy Chaim Yisrael opened the door. He knew what the Moshe told Rabbi Shemeshel not to say a word to him, not to talk to him at all about anything. Just deliver the letter and walk away. And that's exactly what he did. He walked. Rabbi Shemeshel walked away, delivered the letter, walked away, went back to the Bezdin Shtibel of the Rav Reb Chaim Akarin Rappaport. And I heard when I went back to the Bezrachim that he went home. The Rav just went home. So I went to his house and I gave him the letter which I was told by the Balshantov to give to the Rav. When the Rav saw that there's a letter from the Balshantov to him, he stood up with such excitement 
and his face was beaming. He was so excited. He got a holy letter from the Baal Shem Tov. He read it, and then he said, yeah, the Jewish people of Lvov need a lot of, lot of nisim. Hashem has to on the Jews here because of the terrible gezeira of tearing out from every sitter the Olenia L'Shabeach. Now, the Reb Chaim HaKoyil Rappaport, whenever he got a letter from the Baal Shem Tov, he would make a big souda, a big meal, a feast, and he would invite the whole community. He would dress like Shabbos clothes and make a big fabrengen. He got a letter from his Rebbe. What a special yontev. It was like a yontev. And he didn't say tachlon when they davened because it was like a yontev that he got a letter from the Baal Shem Tov. So the same thing he did today. So although everybody was very worried about the terrible decree of the bishop, they still made a big, beautiful suda, a meal and a feast. And they didn't say tachlon because the Rebbe... Reb Chaim Kareem Rappaport got a letter from the Baal Shem Tov. In the middle of the meal, the, all the Jews, the entire city got together by the meal. Everybody came to the meal. It was decided during the meal that everybody will continue to say Olein Rishabayach and not listen to the bishop. And even if he decides to tear out the, the, the Olein Rishabayach, we're not going to listen to him. This all was Thursday, Thursday night. On Friday morning, Reb Chaim Yisrael immediately did what the Baal Shem Tov told him. What did the Baal Shem tell him in the letter? This Chaim Yisrael, the potter. What was in the letter? What did the Baal Shem Tov write to him? The Baal Shem Tov writes to him in the letter, Chaim Yisrael, I need you to go right away as soon as possible to the house, to the big mansion of this archbishop, Mikolski, and you're supposed to tell him that if he dares to tear out the Oleinu L'Shabeach from all the Sedurim of the city of Lvov, he will be punished by Hashem in a very serious manner. When Mikolski heard Reb Chaim Yisrael telling him that he yelled at him and he immediately told his guards, kick out this Jew, this stupid Jew who is stuck in nonsense. That is, Reb Chaim Yisrael left no, that was Friday. After Shabbos on Sunday morning, you know that the Christians, they get together on Sunday morning to pray in their churches. So when he, Mikolski came down from the stage where he gave his speech in the church, he fell down, he tripped and fell down and broke his leg and his arm. And he was so painful that he fainted from great pain. And then when he came, they, they revived him the pain was still so terribly, terribly strong. And then, as he was like, oh, screaming and crying from pain, he remembered what Chaim Yisrael had told him two days before, on Friday. Chaim Yisrael gave him over the message of the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov said that if he doesn't stop with the Xerah of tearing out the Shabbat, he'll be punished from Hashem. And he remembered something else too. He remembered that this Chaim Yisrael was actually familiar to him. He met him somewhere else a long time ago. <clears throat> when did he meet this Chaim Yisrael? Years before. When Mikolski was still a young man, he was not the archbishop yet. He was an assistant to the archbishop of that time who was a guy by the name Dambuski. 
Tambuski was another big anti-Semite who hated Jews. <coughs> Tambuski decided <coughs> that he doesn't like the Gemara, the Talmud. The Gemara is a Jew study. Jews study Gemara all the time. He says the Gemara has a lot of bad things, offensive things against the Goyim. And therefore we should burn all the Gemaras from the entire city of Lavav. This was many years before this story here. So Dam, uh, Dambuski told all the Galachim that they must go from house to house to every Jewish home and get all the Gemaras from all the Jews everywhere in Lvov, and they're going to bring it together by Tuesday morning. They should bring all the Gemaras to the center of the city and the center of the city will make a huge bonfire, huge and all the Gemaras will be thrown into the fire. The Gemaras will be brought from every home on wagons. They bring dozens and tens of wagons full of Gemaras from all over the shoals, all the shoals and all the houses. And then we're going to burn them in public, in front of everyone. And he told the Galochim, I want you to invite all the Galochim to come and join and watch the beautiful scene where we see all the terrible books of the Jews are going to be burned. I want you also to invite all the peasants and all the goyim and the men and the women and the children. I want all the goyim to come and watch and celebrate with me how we're going to destroy all the books of these terrible Jews that we don't like. This was what Dambuski had done many years before and Mikolski at that time was his assistant. Well, he wasn't the chief. He was, he was a, you know... A, just then, uh, you know, he's working for, for Dambuski. And Mikolski had watched what Dambuski was saying. And he was helping, of course, because he was working for Dambuski. So he remembered that at one point, this Chaim Yisrael, which he just met on Friday, actually is the same Chaim Yisrael that came to Dambuski many years before when he, Mikolski, was very young. He also came to Dambuski and said in the name of the Baal Shem Tov, that the Baal Shem Tov sent him to tell this Dambuski that if he does not stop with this gzera, with this terrible decree, and he doesn't stop it, then he will be severely punished. In fact, the Baal Shem Tov told him exactly what's going to happen. He will die. He will die a sudden death. Now, Dambuski not only made a decree that he's going to burn all the Gemaras of the Jewish people, he also made the Jews pay a very heavy ta tax. He said the Jews must pay a lot of money to him and to his church, and if they don't pay it by Tuesday, the entire money, he will tell all the government, all the peasants, they can take their axes and their sticks and go to every Jewish home and rob them of all their money. They must bring that money. The money was a lot of money. The Jews didn't have so much money. They couldn't afford so much money. But he said, you have to bring the money. I don't care how you get the money. You have to bring that money. So there were two gzeras. One is to burn all the gemaras. And the other one that the Jews have to pay a large amount of money as a punishment to the church. And that's when Chaim Yisrael came and said to Dambuski in front of his assistant, Mikolski, he said, the Baal Shem Tov sent me to tell you that you will die right away if you don't stop it. 
when Dambuski heard this, he said, go tell the Baal Shem Tov who sent you there, whoever this guy is, go tell him that I don't care about him and his, his threats. I don't care. He's, he's, I, I'm not afraid of him. And Dambusi told the, the, the Galochim, the, 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 the priest, they must quickly, quickly gather all the Gemaras. This, for two days in a row, the Jews waited for the terrible decree to happen. The Jews were living in fear and trepidation. They were afraid of this terrible day when all the Sfarim of the Yidden was going to be burnt. In the meantime, all the Goyim and peasants, men, women, children, all came from the villages, all gathered in Lvov in the middle of the city. And um, and Tuesday arrived, and Dambuski told them to create a big fire in the middle of the city. I must correct myself, it wasn't the city of Lvov. The story with Dambuski was in a different city. It's called Kamenitz-Podolsk. That was the name of the city. Everybody got together and... And there were thousands of people in the center of the market and all the wagons with gemaras were brought into the marketplace to the center of the town and thousands and thousands of sfarim and gemaras were all lined up there ready to be thrown into the fire. That's when Dambuski, the main galak, the archbishop, was marching out of the church followed by hundreds of people in galochim that walked behind him and he walked very proudly to the center of the town when thousands of people were waiting for him there. They're all going to watch how they burn this farm. And as he's walking, suddenly he gets a heart attack, falls on the ground and dies right in front of everyone. Everybody was horrified. What a terrible thing. What happened? And all the games started talking quietly. Oy, maybe it's the God of the Jewish people that is punishing him because he wants to burn their books. Now, this is Dambuski died, but Mikolski, the younger Galach, who was his assistant and now became the archbishop, now the Chaim Yisrael came the second time, he was already now the archbishop. He was watching this, he saw this, and he remembered that. So now, when, 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 when um, Mikolski was lying in pain because he broke his arm and his leg, when he fell down, and he remembered that Chaim Yisrael came to him on Friday and told him what the Vashem Tov said, that he's going to be punished, he remembered suddenly that story that happened maybe 20 years before in another city, in the city of Kamenitz-Podolsk, and how his teacher, his main bishop, Dambuski, had dropped dead exactly the Vashem Tov told him. So Mikolski sent a message, a messenger to the Rav, Rav Chaim He said, I'm sorry, I take back the decree. The Jews do not have to tear out the Olenin L'Shabeach. From now on, you can say whatever you want. And I hope that the Baal Shem Tov will daven for me and that I should get recovered and that my, my, my broken arm, my broken leg will be fixed and be healed.
That's the first story of that the Alter Rebbe heard from the Talmud, the Balshem Tov of Moshe Meshel himself, who was the messenger of the Balshem Tov. He himself told it to the Alter Rebbe. And next time, maybe I will tell you the other shlichas. What was the purpose of sending the letter to Rab Chaim, according to Rappaport? What did the Balshem Tov say in that letter? And what was the story behind this message?